up? What is up, everybody? What is up? We are live. We are live. We are live. Welcome to another episode of Saucy Conversations. And before we get started, I would like to give all praises to the Most High Yahweh and His Unforgotten Son, Yahweh Shai, who the Word called Jesus Christ. We keep God first in everything that we do when it comes to the Saucy family. I'm your boy Jeff, and this is episode 13. I have a special guest in the house today, but before I get to her, Everybody, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that notification button to get uh, notified when we um, drop in a new episode or when we go live. Also, head over to Teespring right now. The link is in the bio and uh, social support. Uh, we got some official merchandise for the podcast. We got T-shirts. We got hoodies. And if you got pets, we got pet hoodies because it's the one time and it's cold outside. Also, we'd like to thank our sponsors for today, which is uh, Click A Vodka. Uh, make sure you go support them. The link is also in the bio. And also our other sponsor, which is Holistic Remedies. is Body Butter. It's got CBD oils. If you got pain like me, I got I got bad joints, you know, playing football for all these years. So, so make sure you, you go support Holistic Remedies and use that promo code HRMeetSaucy and you get 10% off. Again, HRMeetSaucy, you get 10% off. Uh, shout out to my co-host that's going to be here today. Shout out to Max. Shout out to to uh for niece and shout out to dad uh peace and love to everybody and um today i have uh, a special guest in the house uh she is the ceo of entwine and i'm gonna let her explain what entwine is in a few moments uh i'd like to welcome to social conversations uh anna leonata how you doing <laughs> how you doing today? hi Good. Thank you for having me. Good, good. How was your day today? It was good. How are you? Good, good. A little busy. You know, um, I actually uh, worked for the NBA full time. And um, yesterday was actually um, the first day everybody coming back to the office and working. Uh, I do uh, security for them. And okay. uh, just, just uh, seeing everybody, everybody back was a good thing because I got sick and tired of uh, talking to walls and chairs <laughs> all the time. So, <laughs> so, so it was good to see everybody back, having conversations, you know, hugging everybody, uh, welcoming everybody back. Um, yeah, so my day was a little bit busy because um, the uh, NBA, uh, they, um, the time goes very fast and it's so busy. So when you come in in the morning, you know, um, whatever time you come in, whether it's 9 or 10 o'clock, once you get in, you're having your breakfast, and then you start doing your work, and the next thing you know, it's lunchtime. Then after yeah. that, the next thing you know, it's time to go home. <laughs> so, it's a bit, so it's very exhausting, but uh, thanks for asking. Oh, good. So, um, and uh, uh, let's get right into it. We got a lot to unpack in this hour. Um, first, I just want to start with the beginning before we talk about the present and the future. Uh, 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 tell us uh, where did you grow up? Um, you know, how was the household? You got any siblings or, or anything sure. like that? Uh, I grew up in the city of Chicago, and then I moved to the suburbs around ten years old. So I've pretty much been in the same area uh, for majority of my life. And I have uh, two kids: one's nineteen, one's fourteen, nice. and they're good kids and keeping me busy. One's in college, one's a freshman in in high school, and and uh, yeah, I just, just I, I grew up. Um, actually, after I got married, I, I was a mostly a stay-at-home mom after I had my kids and stuff. But uh, okay. I also did some part-time work as a medical transcriptionist, which is like just a fancy word for typing doctor notes. <laughs> so I, I mean, I still do that now. Okay. Um, and then uh, I just, it's good. This kind of gets my mind off of things too. So, but mostly I'm working on on the apps that I'm that I. Uh, invented or created i should say so you grew up in chi-town um did you play like um, any sports in school no i was last picked in gym class um so it's <laughs> <laughs> not very athletic gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. yeah yeah my son plays soccer so i i like watching him play but i am just not very so, so, growing, <laughs> athletic. Up, so growing up in chi-town and, and also the suburbs tell, tell us about the environment how it was you know, tell us about who you who grew, up, grew up around, your friends, stuff. How was the environment in, in you know, Chi-Town? Also, you move into the suburbs at a, uh, a younger age. Tell us about the environment. In, in Chicago, I mean, I just, all I remember is just riding my bike, you know, up and down the street and just going to the park, walking to the park and just, you know, not having electronics. So it was, 
it was uh, it was nice just to be a kid, right? Right. right. And then and I was in a Catholic school as well, so I had to you know wear a uniform and everything. And so when I moved to the suburbs, it was a little bit of a shock to me. I was probably like around ten or eleven, so because I was like, wait, I got to wear regular clothes, and you know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what I'm supposed to wear. So I walked, you know, went to school looking like a dork, and nobody knew, <laughs> nobody told me. My parents didn't tell me. They're old school Italians too, so okay, uh, yeah, so. So they're uh, they're good people though. They still live in the same house that we moved to, and uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's, it's uh, I had a good, I got a good childhood. That's good. That's good. Um, going to school, did you have any um subjects uh, that you um was your favorite or any um, cl- um topics that was your, your your classes? I mean, like any classes that was you was very interested in uh growing up. Um, to be honest, like growing up, it was a struggle for me to be in school because my first language was Italian. So I went to school, not really speaking much English. So, but, uh, so I struggled a little bit to read and stuff. So like, but I never knew how to tell anybody like back then it didn't seem like they cared not that they didn't care, but just that they weren't very observant or, uh, accommodating for people that couldn't read that well or whatever. So so it was a struggle for me. So for, for most of my uh, uh, school school years, but uh, I mean, I loved like the elective classes, you know, like the chorus, you know, I just think it was my, I like right now, actually, that's what I do now is my outlet is I go to karaoke bars um, a little bit too much. I'm kind of a karaoke, <laughs> I'm a karaoke whore. You're not wrong with that. I love you some karaoke. You're not wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and I never had the confidence of singing in front of anybody. So it's so when I did chorus, I'm like, oh, I'm actually singing, and I got an A in it. Oh, great! But then, uh, so yeah, no, so I never did karaoke until I uh, got mar- got divorced, and then I was like, you know what? This is an outlet for me. So why don't I just go do that? So I just like, well, why don't I just become a karaoke whore? And that's what I did. So it's good stress reliever, and uh, it's it was good. Uh, well, it doesn't cause me stress. It releases stress for me, but it might cause stress for everybody else. But I don't really care. Right, no, right. I'm not perfect or whatever, but right, right. You know, I, I wasn't a really a, a good. I wasn't a really a school guy myself. You know, I I really hated school, and I got I like mostly got sixty fives and everything, which is passing. But you know, your parents want you to do better. Get, you know, you gotta yeah. get you gotta get ninety right? stuff like that. Yeah. It, like school was so not me. I was so I was so happy when I graduated from high school. Oh like, gosh, I wasn't yeah. even I wasn't even going to college. I was a working person since I actually was legal legal to work. But before I actually got legal to work. Um, I was just like working. I was like a paper boy, and you know, working for like the local pizza shop and handing out flyers to um to each um apartment or home. So I was always a working type person, like a blue collar type person. School was never for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't want to say that out loud, but I I couldn't stand school. I couldn't wait for it to be <laughs> over. I was studying, like I went to school for for uh, to be a court reporter, a court stenographer. Yes. You know what that is? Like someone that just Pi- take all the notes. Yeah, yeah they were. Yeah, ver- verbatim on this little machine, and uh, and so I started taking that. I would study hours and hours and hours for like classes, and then and then I would take the test and I would get a D. I'm like, what in the hell? And I didn't realize it was just test anxiety, right? Right. So, right, uh, right. yeah. So it was uh, it was definitely a struggle struggle for me. And I did start working at a young age too. Like I was probably like eleven or twelve, get, making like two dollars an hour cash at a Chinese restaurant. Wow. packing food and taking phone calls and stuff but i was, I was all excited I'm like i get to work you know three four months just to get like one thing from the store <laughs> <laughs> you know get two dollars an hour got 10 cent raise yay yeah so, <laughs> my my first road job um was at mcdonald's so yeah, yeah so i was working at mcdonald's <laughs> and it was full it was full i was like the only black person in this mcdonald's it was owned by like a, a dominican um guy great guy by the way he gave my first job but you know not learning how to um not knowing the language and everything and you know how you feel like when people talking in another language you feel like people talking about you and stuff like that so it just felt very awkward <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah yeah working in that type of environment but you know it, it's life it's life. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think I was working for like five dollars twenty five cents at the time. I was like in high school. I thought I thought that was the world because I could buy my own sneakers and stuff like that. Again, like three hundred dollars a week. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, yeah, I had yeah. to work ten years for for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all <laughs> that. Yeah. 
And all I got is a window when you have kids. Like, <laughs> you know, I have two <laughs> I had two boys myself, so I have a seven year old and a four year old. So, oh, nice crazies. Uh, so, so growing up, what were your hobbies? What you, would you like to do to just to get your mind off of school? Like, what you like to do? Did you like to read? Did you like to do write or poetry or stuff like that? What were you into? What were your hobbies? Gosh, I haven't been asked these questions for <laughs> I don't even know how long. I guess it cut me off guard here. Um, growing up, I mean, when I was a kid, I was just hang out with my friends, play some board games and stuff like that. You know, just walk for miles and miles and miles. You know, and just just have fun you know just so i really didn't have any hobbies especially sports uh now i actually have more hobbies i feel like than i did when i was uh younger but uh that was a long time ago Jeez, yeah, yeah i'm 40 well, tell us 46 like, now. yeah so tell us what you like to do now as, as hobbies so uh i cannot draw for nothing but for some reason uh i started doing those sip and paint classes where you go okay. to like yeah. you know, yeah. So, so I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to do this. You know, I always thought, oh, I'm gonna suck. So I, I started doing it. I'm like, oh, I'm like this actually looks pretty good. So, um, so I started, I went to like three or four more classes, and I was like, you know, I'm too cheap to pay thirty five dollars each time I have to do this. So I, so I just, I got some uh, paint and brushes, and so now I follow YouTube videos and just paint, just paint, and it's sometimes it's pretty stressful. Because I drop, I drop a, I drop a lot of f bombs when I'm drawing or when I'm painting. That's fine. I, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, someone asked me like, well, how hard was it? I'm like, oh, well, it was about seven f bombs were thrown at. You know, so it was difficult. Some take like seven hours. Yeah. Some take, you know, a couple hours. So, but um, but I found that I, I liked it. Like I was like, well, I actually am good at good at something. <laughs> so it's not sports. So it ended up being ended up being painting. And I thought, you know, heck, it's it's so I put it on my wall. I have a, my wall. My family room is just full of my my paintings and and uh, so that's, that's my hobby. And then of course karaoke singing. That's every other week when I don't have my daughter, I try to get out of the house and <laughs> and that's what I'm I'm doing is uh, hitting up the bars, I guess. Right. Like like I'm like I'm a young Young, young girl but you know whatever right. <laughs> um um I, I know you just said you're you're italian so the, the, my italian mm-hmm. friends that i know they like to cook and they like to eat so are you yeah. are you um a, a cooker do you like to cook and yes. what are your and favorite dishes you like to cook so i, I don't really like going out because i i'll go to like an italian restaurant yeah. and i'll be like this is twenty dollars and i could make this at home for three dollars that's how i think <laughs> my parents think too you know so and i grew up always eating at home and it was pasta every freaking day so i love pasta um and uh, i make um i make homemade pasta i make homemade ice cream and that's not really italian but uh then also um focaccia if you know what that is it's like pizza bread without cheese and it's just like yes. tomatoes and yes okay so i make that from scratch as well and making pasta is fun a lot of work but it's fun and uh so you make like it from scratch? Pasta. Yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, you got a dog, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was going to try to meet that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. She's upstairs. So I can't really yell at her to shut up. <laughs> right, right. Um, my next question uh, for you is, um, I know um, you was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer at eight years old. Uh, uh, walk us through. I was diagnosed nine years ago. Nine years ago. Oh, not, yeah. sorry about that. Uh, nine years yeah, ago. I was 36 years old, yes. Yes, nine years ago. Um, uh, tell tell us about um, the, the day that you actually found out that you um, have breast cancer and, and what was going through your mind during that time. So I was 36. I was in the shower. Sorry about my dog. Um, <laughs> and and I found a breast lump and I was like, uh, well, there's no family history. And I worked in pathology at the time as a secretary at a hospital. So I kind of was familiar with like, you know, a lot of people getting diagnosed, but they're mostly are older. So I'm like, well, it's probably nothing. So I went to the doctor and they did a biopsy and it's like, you have breast cancer. So I'm like, I'm 36 and I have breast cancer. Like what in the hell? And uh, I ended up having three tumors on my left breast and I had a double mastectomy and multiple surgeries for reconstruction and also a hysterectomy because my, my breast cancer was estrogen fed. So 
so it was very shocking to get the diagnosis. Um, but I never like did like, oh no, why me? You know, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm, I got this diagnosis. What am I going to do? What are my chance? What are my what are my choices? I have these two young kids. It's like I I have to beat it, and I have to like go through the chemo and and you know it's, the worst part was losing my hair. Of course, to me was was the hardest part. Uh, chemo was tolerable, but it was just you know it just threw my life upside down. I was like, what in the hell just happened? You know, it's just I felt healthy. I thought I looked healthy. I remember just I just lost like some weight and was in shape, and and then I'm like. Well, I have cancer. I'm like, I don't look like I have cancer. And people would say that you don't look sick. I'm like, I don't feel sick. So, uh, so the doctor was like, well, you know, it's, it's estrogen fed. That's how the, the tumor grows by estrogen. So the goal was to get rid of all of my estrogen. So they forced me into menopause at 36 and, um, uh, wow. that really takes a toll on your body, you know? So, um, and then I had, of course, some side effects from that, um, that are long-term and some of the reasons for those, side effects this is why i created the apps that i did which we'll talk about soon i'm sure right <laughs> yeah um <laughs> um you know i i couldn't imagine um you know what you um what was going through your mind and how you was feeling and what you went through uh doing this whole therapy thing um what was um a, maybe one thing or a couple of things that um that uh, actually uh, expire you to uh keep going and, and, and keep fighting this fight i think i believe it was my my kids for sure because the only people that i know that had cancer they died so i thought i'm gonna die and they said this is an aggressive cancer you know so i'm like what am i gonna do so um i reached out to one of my friends who also had uh she had esophagus cancer and i kind of talked to her and i said hey can you give me some pointers i'm like i see you going through chemo and you're still going to work and you're nonstop. I'm like, how do I do that? Like, what do I make? What am I going to do? And to, to make my kids, you know, I need to fight this. So just by seeing my kids and just trying to keep a happy face on me, on myself, I think that just kind of motivated me to, to stay positive. And, and then I thought, you know, how can I control this situation? And I thought, okay, I don't want to see clumps of hair come out. You know, or on a brush or on the ground or in the shower. So I'm like, well, how do I prevent that from happening? Well, to shave my head before I have to. So like I had like 10, I remember going like this and going, oh, there's like 10 strands. I'm like, well, you know what? It's time to shave it. It was like 20, the 21st day after my first chemo treatment. So uh, so I just made a little mohawk for a little bit and took some pictures and then shaved the rest off. And and then I wore a cancer suck shirt when I went to the, the cancer for cancer treatment, I would wear a cancer suck shirt and then I would wear a pink wig. Uh, I never wanted to really be around anywhere bald because I felt like that meant I was sick, right? right? So everybody would look at me, oh, she's sick, well, she's got cancer, you know, so I'm like, I'll just keep putting in front of my kids. I never had, I never was bald, but I always had a hat on or something. But um, so my goal was to make people laugh and make people, I was trying to comfort everybody else around me, I guess, you know, like my family was, right. you know, they're all crying around me my friends crying. I'm like, it's going to be okay. I'm consoling her. I'm like, wait a minute. I have the cancer, not you. You know, so <laughs> yeah. I, was, I feel like I was trying to be strong, you know, and, and I was, I don't know. People are like, well, you're so strong. I'm like, I, I, I had no choice, you know, yeah. it's like, I, but, uh, and so I, my goal is to make people laugh and, and, uh, try to inspire them a little bit too, because the people I did talk to, a couple of them, they're like, oh, the chemo's horrible. You're going to be in bed. You're going to be so sick. You're not going to be able to go anywhere. You're not going to be able to eat. You're not going to be able to do anything. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I can't be like that. I do everything. My Max used to travel all the time. So I'm like, how am I going to do this? And then um, I came across a lady that was in her 60s at the American Cancer Society, and she was fitting me for my, my wig. And she's like, what kind of treatment are you getting? And I told her, and she's like, Oh, honey, you're going to be fine. She goes, that's actually, cause I was just went through that two years ago and I'm okay. And I'm like, really? So it was nice to like, when I, I noticed a difference of me talking to this positive person versus a person that was very negative. And I felt like, you know, I want to be this positive person and I want to talk to people and help them. Meaning like if uh, I told my friends, I'm like, you know, there's a reason why I got breast cancer. I don't know what it is. My guess is, is to help people. So if there's anybody that you know that has a, a cancer diagnosis or, or a lump and they're scared and they don't know what to do, just have them call, reach out to me. Maybe that's what I was meant to do is, is help people. So I started doing that, but uh, I knew that 
there needs to be more than just just um, helping people. But so I just tried to keep a smile on my face. Never thought like why me. Never felt sorry for myself. Actually, never cried the whole time. I still have moments where I'm like, I can't believe I didn't cry the whole time. It was going through that, but it's like there's no time to cry. I just beat this cancer and and uh, that's what I did. Six, seven surgeries total. So that was that was pretty fun. <laughs> I got to get a round of applause for that. Uh, my, my next question to you, um, for for our audience that really don't know a lot about breast cancer, uh, bre- breast cancer, um, mm-hmm. is is this something that 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 is passed on through genes, or is this something that you could just wind up getting in general? I think it can be through genes. Like I did the genetic testing, and and there was everything was negative. So it could be environmental, it could be genetic, it could be, I mean, I'm thinking mine was environmental and stress-induced, but that's just my my guess. Like, they have no idea what it is, you know. That's the hard part about cancer. It's pretty pretty sneaky. Right. Um, I know you mentioned going through uh, chemotherapy and how it, it really took a lot out of you. Um, how, how many days uh, a week and time that you had to 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 spend um doing a chemotherapy so that was the thing i was scared about too it's like how how am i going to feel with chemotherapy like i see other people and they're all so sick and so um so i i had to go for six treatments of the major chemo so i had a port in my in my chest so they can access that because with breast cancer they can only use the arm for blood draws that did not have any lymph nodes taken out so so I had lymph nodes taken on my left arm, so I can't have any blood drawn from it or any any kind of injections or blood pressure checked on my left arm. Right. So so my right arm only had one vein, so I'm like, let me just get a port. So I got a port, so I had six treatments of chemotherapy, and the first treatment was like, I think it was like six or seven hours long because they just want to make sure that you don't have a allergic reaction. And then uh, then I think I believe it was every every three weeks I went for chemo. So, and and it was interesting because like the first day I didn't feel anything. The second day I didn't feel anything. The third day I started feeling a little, little achy. Like, oh yeah, I do feel sick. And then the fourth day I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm, you know, a little nauseous. So they give me, give me medicine for it. And then the sixth day it was like, it it took like 10 days for myself to feel better again. And then by then it was time for the next treatment. So, but it was like, every time it seemed like it mimicked the same exact symptoms, but it wasn't like unbearable like I was still able to eat like water tasted weird so and I didn't have the uh there's two types of chemotherapy for breast cancer I believe I don't, there might be more now but back then nine years ago there was two types I had the um less some, some, since my lymph nodes were negative they gave me the more mild dose of chemo I guess you could say right. I, I mean they're all they all suck but um so I had the mild one right so um it was it was definitely more tolerable, but but I was scared because I was like, is it going to be like on TV where everybody's in a circle and just sitting there and you know hanging onto their IV bag and yeah. but I had my own private room, so they had a really nice area for it. So on my first day, I uh, was so nervous that I ran into the I walked right into the door, the glass door. I didn't know it was shut. Oh wow, <laughs> so, so that's fun. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Yeah. Well, glad, glad you're okay on that one. <laughs> yeah. Just my nose a little bit, but <laughs> um uh was it was it only the chemotherapy that you were on? Or did you did you did you have like take any like uh, other medication like pills and stuff like that to treat I, this? I, I did not have to have radiation, which was good. Um I did have to take something called tamoxifen, which is also a hormone blocker to prevent my from any estrogen growing in my body. So and that can cause uterine cancer. So that's why I decided like five years after diagnosis to have a total hysterectomy. I'm like, get rid of everything. I don't need my ovaries. Or I'm not supposed to produce estrogen. So so I, so the pills are, again, not, not that bad. I mean, I'm on them for 10 years, so I'm almost done with them. Right. Absolutely. Um, my next question to you is, um, I know you had your family by your side um, supporting you. And I know you wanted to make them laugh just to calm them down. Was there anything else that that um, helped you um, get through this? 
uh, breast to survive breast cancer? Was there anything else besides your family? And was it? I know you mentioned that you're Catholic. That you grew up Catholic. I'm not sure if you're that now, but was mm-hmm. do you still have that faith aspect uh, to you that helped you got through this uh, whole uh, breast cancer? I, I'm a what do they call me? I'm a I'm a cheester. Is that those people that just go to church on Christmas and Easter? <laughs> Part time oh, is me. what we call. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, someone was called Tista yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not going to lie and say that I go a lot, but um, right, right. but I did pray a little bit. And I mean, I I kind of like, I know a lot of people were praying for me. Like I would they go to church and I would see my name on the screen, you know, pray for Anna. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. You know, so right. I think that made a difference too. You know, it's like, even though, yeah, it was it was nice to know how many people were, were praying for me that people I don't even know, you know? So I think that definitely helped with me getting through cancer the way I did. Absolutely. Um, I know you, uh, you actually mentioned that you uh, were married for 20 years um, and you just got divorced about uh, two or three years ago. Yeah. Almost three years ago. Yeah. Next month yeah. or this month. Yeah. Um, how, how much of you, um, going through this whole uh, breast cancer affected your relationship and is there anything that you um, were like that anything that you could change about it so I mean it brought us closer together I mean he was there for me for for all the surgeries and and the uh, uh, the treatments so I mean, it's, I think it's hard for anybody to see their loved one to go through the cancer. So, uh, yeah, it was, I'm sure it affects, I mean, I think the side effects from the, the cancer can probably affect a marriage. That's for sure. Sexual side effects of it. Right. And, and, and get into that, um, I know you said it was, um, painful for painful for you to have um sex um do you think that's is a, a reason why it, it led to a divorce in your marriage i think it's possible i mean i think there's there was a number of things that uh that caused us to get divorced we kind of we know each other since eighth grade so oh, wow. uh yeah it was a long time we've been married for 20 years and so um but yeah, I think that, I mean, I never really, he never really said it. I never really said it, but I think that definitely can take a toll on any relationship is having lack of sex. Right. And I know you have two kids by the same gentleman, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been with one person all my life. Yeah. Okay. And how, um, how is your relationship today? Are you cool? Cool. Yeah. Parenting? Yeah, I mean, we have, I have the kids every other week, so um, we just talk when we have to. And he's pretty close to the house, which is nice too for the kids to go back and forth if they forget something or whatever. But oh, that's great. Yeah. Um. So um, let's let's start talk about the app that you actually uh, created. Um, okay. Uh, t- take us through the whole process and the, the whole idea of um making this app uh how 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 this idea um came to mind okay so when i was through my adult life or when i started menstruating i I had something called endometriosis and that can cause painful intercourse so it's um so i dealt with that for for all my teenage years but for for the heavy bleeding and then and the heavy cramps or the bad cramps and whatever it was, it's very common, I guess, in women. So, uh, so when I became sexually active, then I'm like, man, sex hurts. Why does it hurt? Like, okay, it was the first time, it was the second time it was supposed to hurt. And, you know, then but I, I was having pain when I was inserting tampons, like something's wrong with me. I'm like, but, you know, I went to the doctor and I'm like, it's the gynecologist says it's, it's, it hurts to have sex. And she's like, well, just have a glass of wine. You need, you're probably just nervous. And I'm like, uh, okay, glass all right, fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then I went to another doctor like a few years later and I said, you know, I don't have a sex drive. Like there's no libido. It, it hurts. Of course, I'm not going to have a sex drive because it always freaking hurts. And, um, and she's like, well, 
you know, you probably just need to have a glass of wine and relax. I'm like, oh, wow, I guess that's a common answer for doctors is have a glass of wine. So, but I never talked about it to my friends. Like, I, I mean, I would. I'm like, I don't like sex. I go, it hurts. You know, I just fight through it. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm married. I got to have sex. This is how it's supposed to be. Suck it up, Anna. Deal with the pain. And, uh, and my friends would be like, you know, oh, no, you're probably with the wrong person. I'm like, no, I think there's something wrong with me. But the doctors think, you know, I'm just nervous. And so so then I and thankfully had kids. So I had the two kids. And uh, after my second one, that's when uh, I tried to have sex and intercourse and uh it was like hitting a wall. So I was like, what the hell? I'm like, like nothing would go in there. So, and then I knew something was wrong with me for sure. So I went to a new doctor and she's like, you have vaginismus. And I was like, what in the hell is that? And she's like, well, because, because you've been in so much pain all the time, you're the opening of your vaginal, the vaginal opening is surrounded by muscles and it's involuntarily spasming. So, it, and I said, well, how the heck does that happen? And she said, well, you need to go to physical therapy. And I'm like, I didn't know there was a vagina therapist out there, but okay. So I, <laughs> so I did. <laughs> and I asked the therapist, like, why does this happen? And she said, well, here's an example. If somebody comes up to you and they punch you in the stomach, and every time you see them, they're going to punch you in the stomach. And it's gonna- up social nation it's your boy jeff the owner and host of social conversations and i'm here to tell you about our new sponsor for season three holistic remedy holistic remedies is a black owned cbd company that creates natural products to make sure you feel good their catalog includes 150 milligrams cbd healing bomb 25 milligrams cbd honey and a gave sticks and hemp seed body butters and six extraordinary scents each product is handmade with love to relieve eczema, pain, um, arthritis, lupus, general soreness, and many more. Holistic Remedies is giving everybody in Social Nation 10% off. That's right. 10% off on all their products. All you got to do is type in the promo code at the checkout, and the promo code is HR Meat Saucy. Again, HR Meat Saucy. Go and support uh, Holistic Remedies. It's a black-owned company. And also keep supporting social conversations. We appreciate all the love and support. Thanks a lot. It's gonna hurt. You're gonna flinch and you're gonna tighten those muscles right before it for the anticipation of knowing that they're gonna punch you in the stomach. Wow. So that's what's happening with me with, about trying to have sex or anything internally. Uh, it was like impossible. And that's what my muscles were doing. And I thought it was all in my head, but even under anesthesia, they said that my muscles were just completely just spasming. So I, so I started doing therapy and which involves like using these dilators to, I mean, I won't even go into detail. You're probably, I don't think you want to know the details. It's fine. It's social social conversation. We go through everything. Don't leave anything out. (laughs) (laughs) So there's, it's therapy where you have to like put a dilator in like one's the size of a pinky. You leave it in there for 10 minutes a day. And then once it's not painful, then you graduate to the next size. And then there's five sizes. The fifth size is size Godzilla is what I, don't, what I would call it. Cause I was like, Holy shit, that's huge. <laughs> and I, I'm like, that's scary. So I would like throw it in the drawer. I'm like, don't, I'm not using that thing. And I feel sorry for any woman that would need that. But, um, <laughs> so smaller is better in my case. Uh, so it, so, so I was doing the treatment, but it's like, if I didn't stay consistent, I would just go back to step one, like size one again. I'm like, oh, this, it was just frustrating. Yeah. And then I got breast cancer. So I was like, well, okay, forget about my broken vagina. Cause that's what I call myself. My vaginismus is that my, I have a broken vagina. So I'm like, forget about my broken vagina. I need to fight cancer. And that's what I did. But in the meantime, the doctor's like, the oncologist is like, okay, your sex drive is going to be non-existent because you're not going to have any estrogen in your body and you can't use any estrogen creams or anything because it's going to have your cancer come back. There's a chance. So I was like, so, so what, what so you're saying that my sex drive is going to be non-existent? I'm like, cause it already is. So I don't know, you know, and I'm sure my husband was probably like, Oh great. You know, what the fudge, you know, this freaking, <laughs> it's going to get worse. And then he's like, you're going to have vaginal dryness and it's, you know, and I'm like, I already have that too. So everything just got a lot worse. All right. So then I started thinking, I'm like, you know what? I 
if I ever get divorced, I'm not going to be with anybody because I don't want to have sex ever. Like I could deal with for the rest of my life. Never want it because I never enjoyed it. Right. And, and it wasn't a matter of, you know, it was the wrong person I was with or whatever, because this is like an actual physical condition that I have. And I thought, I don't want to do these stupid dilators anymore. I don't want to sit here and, and do this. And for what? I'm like, you know what? I don't want to, there's no desire to do it. I'm like, I'm just going to stay single if I get divorced. And my friends were telling me they were going on dating apps and these guys, traditional dating apps. And these guys would be like, uh, in their thirties, I have a uh, erectile dysfunction. I have ED. I have diabetes that's caused me to have ED. I have uh, PTSD. I have prostate cancer. I mean, it's, it's all these different things like cardiac conditions. I can't take Viagra. You know, it's like, and I'm like, they're in their thirties and they're saying that they have ED. And then like, are you going to go see them again? Are you going to continue dating them? And my friends are like, hell no, I don't want to be with a guy like that. I'm like, well, save his number. Cause I'll, I'll want to be with a guy that has ED. You know, and they're like, oh, you're, you're being silly. I'm like, no, I'm really serious. I'm like, serious. <laughs> you know, but I was, again, I was married at the time. But then when I got divorced, I started thinking about those people. I started thinking about myself. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay single. But I'm like, no, I'm like, that's not, that's not a good answer. I went through, there's a reason I went through endometriosis, a broken vagina and cancer. So what is that reason? Is it to help people? I don't think. That's the only thing. So I'm like, what about, how do I find these men that are being rejected and embarrassed because they have these sexual limitations? It's not fair to them either that they have to wonder and get nervous and is that person going to reject me or is it, are they going to make fun of me? And, and I thought, how do I bring these people together? And I can't use a traditional dating app myself. So I'm like, why don't I create a dating app that takes sexual expectations out of dating? And it, and that's what I did. So it, uh, it's for people that cannot have or or just prefer not to have intercourse, whether it be because of personal or medical reasons. It doesn't have to be cancer-related. I mean, like I said, it could be diabetes or or uh, PTSD or whatever it is. But so, and I thought, you know, this this is needed. It's just I wanted to create a safe environment so they didn't feel like they were going to be rejected or embarrassed because of the limitations or cheated on or left, you know, because they're abandoned because they can't have sex and and maybe they desire other forms of intimacy and there's other forms of intimacy. Like, like that's why I don't say it's an app without sex because it could be oral sex if somebody's okay with it and they don't have to disclose it on the app. They don't have to say like, these are my limitations. They can just say, this is my little bio. And, and uh, if you want to meet them, if you end up meeting, matching and meeting them, then you can talk about your limitations only if you want to, of course, you know, cause some people might've gone through trauma and they don't want to talk about, they're uh what what they went through until they're they're more comfortable but so it's, it's definitely i think a needed app and and uh and, and it launched the end of august of 2021 and it's slow moving it's harder to reach the guys i'm not sure why i don't know if they're just being maybe they don't know about it yet or maybe they just are you know shy i'm not i'm not really sure what it is yet but i'm just starting to get the word out too and i'm doing this on my own so it's like just trying to spread the word has been a little bit of a, a challenge, but it's getting there. It's, it's slow, slow going, but it's getting there. Right. Did, did you work with like any like um, company to help you um, put this app together? I did. Yeah. So when I, cause I was a stay at home mom and worked part time at the doctor's office. So I thought, what am I doing? I'm like, I'm going to, I'm a stay at home mom and I have no business background and now I'm going to find an app person to create an app. I'm going to be the founder of an app. I'm like, this is crazy. But I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to just try to do it. And I need to do this to help these individuals. And so I found an app company. Of course, there's a story behind this one too. But um, so it was very expensive. Um, it was supposed to be just for iOS. And and I thought, okay, let me just invest in iOS because I had an iPhone. So I thought, let me just stick with that first. And then if it's successful, then I'll, I'll uh, Branch repeat out. Yeah. And then do Android. So, so they start working on the app and then they're like, uh, Hey, Anna, you know, this is a great idea. We want equity in your company. We can exchange services. And I was like, Oh, exchange services, like discounted services. At the time I used all my savings for this. Right. So I'm like, well, this sounds nice now. I'm like, well, I'm going to have help from them and, and they can help me in the business part of it. And so, so I was like, maybe this is a good idea. And then they started asking me a bunch of questions and, overwhelmed me they were like how many users are you going to have how many times a day are they going to log in how much are they going to pay 
how many men are going to be uh, signing up? How many women? How many? In what state? Who's going to have the most users? And I was like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, then I started getting all anxious. I'm like, wait a minute. If I tell them this number, 100,000 people are going to sign up. If I say that, and then only 10,000 sign up, am I going to get fired? And then I learned, yeah, you can. I'm like, what? Wow. Wow, <laughs> so, <a> <laughs> yeah. So I told them, yeah. So I told them, you know what? No, I wanted to sell my own. Thanks anyway. Because they didn't want to do it to help people. They wanted to do it because they wanted to get money get off money, of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to get rich off of it. Yeah, if I do, yeah, great. But my goal is to help people. That's how I'm going to get rich off of this app is yeah. to help people that have been depressed and alone. And uh, so I told them, you know what? I don't want I don't want help. And then everything went downhill. My app was not working right. There were spelling errors that they couldn't fix. And, you know, it took them like three weeks to fix little things. And and I kept saying, like, is it because I said no? Like, no, we would never do that. We believe in you. We went, you know, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, so, and I already paid them in full. So I could I could have stayed with them and waited months for them to fix little things or take my code and cut my losses and just, you know, take my, just get the heck out of there. And that's what I did. I took my code and, and I left. And I thought, now what? I said, I think I want to quit. And I didn't because I was like, hell no. No one's going to take my dream away. Right. So I, I found another app guy and um, I showed him the code and he's like, this is a very old school code. It's going to take me a long time to figure it out. You should just start from scratch. And that's what I did. <laughs> so, Which made more money out of your pocket. Yeah. 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 I'm a little bit of debt right now, um, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah. I, it, yeah. But uh, it's, uh, and it's going to be an, an iOS Right now, it's not it's not on iOS yet, because but it's on Android. It's not on Android. It's on the web. And Apple has said that there's so many app use, so many dating apps out there, that they don't want any new ones because they thought there's too many scams out there. So, so but that doesn't mean that it's a dead end for me. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show them like how many pop how many podcasts I've been on. This is a magazine I've been on, newspaper, whatever, and this is a legit app. And then. Then we'll bring it to Apple and then show them, and then most likely it'll be in the in the App Store as well. Right. But you can still use it with the iPhone. I just have to go through the web okay. temporarily. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, what are some um, some feedback that uh, you heard so far from the app? People using the, people using the app. Yeah, yeah. So, so I had one lady respond to me. I haven't heard anything about connections yet. So, but I did hear a lady say. I've been single for 15 years and I have not wanted to date because I don't want to have sex anymore because it's too painful for me. And I just gave up hope. I was tired of getting rejected. And now I saw your app and I finally have hope and I could just meet somebody that will understand my limitations and accept me just the way I am. And, and there was, she was like, thanking me. I'm like, this is awesome. Then I got another guy uh, emailed me and he's like, he has something called Peroni's disease, which is the abnormal curvature of the penis and I believe it causes painful erections and painful intercourse or makes intercourse impossible. And he said that he feels like a fraud. He's been going on these dating apps and meeting these women and he waits till like the third or fourth date. And then he tells them I have Peroni's disease. And then they're just like, think of him as a freak. He thinks, and, and they just like, they don't want to date him anymore. Right. And he's like, now I can comfortably date without wondering, are they going to understand this that I can't have sex? And, and I was like, holy cow i'm like this is so neat because i've never heard of peroni's disease and i started hearing about more about women's um conditions and and uh and i, I had emails from other countries like australia india uk canada saying when is this app going to be available in our country because it's only available initially in the u.s okay and i was like oh i want it to be available in your country but i want to make sure it's okay in the u.s first and then i'm going to branch out to other countries because it's needed everywhere. There's 30, approximately 30 million men in the year in the U S that have ED erectile dysfunction. And there's approximately 320 million men in the world that have ED. That's a lot. Yeah. And then I thought I started realizing, okay, I'm trying to increase breast cancer awareness with, you know, if you find a lump, go get it checked out right away. Then I started realizing, wait, there's guys that have sudden erectile dysfunction so if you're listening and you suddenly have ED, 
don't freak out and be like, oh no, forget it. I'm not a man anymore. You know, whatever, whatever you may think, or don't think like, I'm not going to the doctor. I'm embarrassed. This is the end for my, you know, I'm going to have ED forever. Cause if you have sudden ED, it could be a warning sign. It could be a sign that you have something else going on with your body. Maybe it's your blood pressure is way off or, or maybe you have a clogged artery and it's like, it's like a warning sign. You're going to have a heart attack, you know? So don't wait. If you have ED, sudden ED or any other kind of symptoms, go to the doctor, go get it checked out because there's nothing to be afraid of. They see it all the time and, and it could be a simple fix. It doesn't mean it's going to be permanent, you know, and you don't have to use my app. So, so just because, you know, you have, um, like if you have ED, like, Oh, great, great. I have ED. Forget it. I'm just using twine. Well, no, I rather you go, go to the doctor and get it checked out. Cause it's, it's scary if that, I mean, like myself, if I waited, I would have been dead. Right. I mean, legit. So, so I got early detection is key in a lot of different conditions and cancers. And... Absolutely. Uh, tell us how did you come up with the name Antoine? So I was going to call it comfortable companions. And then people were saying that it sounded like diapers. So I thought <laughs> I'm like, fine. And then plus the app guys were like the first app developers. I know. <laughs> I mean, Diaper, I know. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, don't make fun of my name. So, uh, so then I talked to the app people. They're like, you got to get rid of the name. It's too long. I'm like, really? I'm like, fine. So like, what do you think? What do you think I should name it? And they're like, they gave me like 10 different names. And, and then I saw entwine. I'm like, Oh, like entwine, like entwining people's together and connecting them. So I'm like, that's a perfect name. And that's why entwine was the name that I picked. <laughs> No name drop the saucy bomb for entwine. That's a great name. Absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, hey, thanks. So, um, tell us about the, the future um, for entwine, and do you have anything, uh, any other projects in works? So, my future for right now, there's it's basic. So the app is very basic, meaning like you can't like filter. You know, I want to make sure this person doesn't have kids. Like you, you can put down you don't you don't want that you have kids, or if you don't have kids, but it could be up to the person if they want to decide at the time if uh, they want to meet up with you if you have kids or not, uh, or if you smoke or not or drink or not. So, and because the filters are not that specific like a regular dating app, because traditional dating apps I mean there's hundreds of thousands of dollars to to build them, right? right. So. Um, so it, it's pretty basic right now. So my goal is once the database grows and it, it is successful, I'm going to make it available so that people can maybe even put down what their limitations are. Like, you know, like I rather not be touched certain parts of my body because of scars or whatever it is. So that's my long-term goal once the app is more established. But of course my ultimate goal is, which I hope is sooner than later is to have it available uh, worldwide. Cause I hate, I hate to say to someone it's not available in your country. That just kills me because right. I know, I know the feeling of how they would feel if, if, uh, if I lived in the other country and I didn't have access to something like that. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else you would like to, to add on before we get out of here? Uh, just if you are somebody that is struggling with sexual limitations, it doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be loved. It means that, you have somebody else out there that will understand it. And if you use my app, it'll be something that will hopefully be provide you hope that you can find companionship without the fear of being rejected or embarrassed and, and just go check it out. And it's a free app. So you have nothing to lose. Absolutely. Um, uh, social nation, if you, if you're struggling with uh, any other issues that we talked about today on the show, um, Go check out the the app. As she said, it's free, so you have to you have to pay anything. Don't be cheap, okay? <laughs> it's free, so make sure you go down download um, Anna's app, man, and um, you know go get help if you have these issues. Um, Anna, um, now you're officially a saucy alumni. Um, you can come back anytime on the show. You're more than welcome. Uh, not only we just interview people, but we we have discussions about relationships, uh, politics. Nothing is left off the table. So you're officially a sum night. You got any other thing that you're selling? You're more than welcome to 
they'll hit me up say jeff hey I'm, I'm i got something new need to sell this you know you're more than welcome to come back to the show you're officially a suicide and i'm lying and uh god, oh, god bless yes. you um uh you, you've been through a lot and uh god had to really uh see you through and and, and all your um ups and downs so i appreciate you for being on the show today thank you thank you for having me you're welcome uh social nation don't forget to hit that subscribe button on youtube uh twitch and uh our facebook uh watch channel uh don't forget to go check out some of our official merchandise which is on teespring um also shout out to our sponsors click a vodka and hold us the remedies don't forget to use that don't forget to use that promo code hr me saucy um at Holistic and remedies uh, you get 10 percent off uh shout out to my co-host that's gonna be here today shout out to mac dad and Vinny. love ya uh go check out the other podcast as well which is saucy discourse this is the base show about sports um make sure you go check that out subscribe to all the platforms we are on um also we have a a 24 7 uh tv network dropping this year i don't have an official date yet but i'm leaning towards the summertime uh, i got my server just built so um it's gonna be a 25 hour streaming service we're gonna have podcasting we're gonna have um independent um tv uh showmakers we have independent movies short films so if you would like to be part of the network go to saucer nation tv at gmail.com hit me up and i will send you all the information on the network uh peace of love everybody and we'll see you on the next one peace of love anna you too Hello. Hey, Anna, thank you so much for being on the show.